What is up, podcast listeners? Thank you for giving me a few moments of your day to listen to this podcast. This is the Matt Baxter Show. I'm your host, Matt Baxter, and this podcast is about purpose, passion, and calling. Super stoked to have you as a listener because we're going to dive into some awesome, intense stories about people who are going through this journey of this thing called life, and we're all just figuring this out together. But seriously, you're giving me a little bit of your time, and I want to make sure it's valuable and worthwhile. So have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was getting this podcast off the ground, we first started as the Wedgecast, evolved into the Matt Baxter Show. There was a lot of questions that we had, like, how do I record an episode? How do I get my show in all the different places like Spotify, Apple Music, Anchor, Zencaster, all these different places. And yet it just seemed very, very complicated. But the simple thing for us as we began to navigate the waters is the answer to every single one of these questions, questions excuse me, was really simple. It's Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free. Yeah, free. And it's ridiculously easy to use. And now Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise in your podcast. That means you can get paid podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now. Yeah, making money. Okay, it's sweet. It's easy. It's not a big cheap plug on an ad, but it's just simple and easy to use. So for us, it's one of the best parts about it is we can do it entirely remote or in studio. So you can record, you've got that really, really high, you know, high in the sky person that you're going to have as a guest on your podcast. You got to do it remote. Anchor is easy to use. You got people who are willing to come to your studio, your house, your office, wherever you're recording it. Boom. Anchor. Love it. Simple, easy, simple and easy to use. So if you ever want to start a podcast, make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start. Join me in the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. Can't wait to hear your podcast. What is up, Wedgecast listeners? On this episode of the podcast, I'm hanging out with Heather Monahan. Heather Monahan is a world-renowned keynote speaker. She's all over the place. She has a podcast. She speaks all over the country. She started Boston Heels LLC, which is an awesome, awesome company. And she is just a fantastic ambassador for confidence, creating content, and just an amazing, amazing woman in the workforce. And I was just very, very excited to have her as a guest on the show. I love the name Boston Heels. I think it's a phenomenal, phenomenal. Phenomenal marketing, just just campaign, and just awesome, awesome company she created. So, listen in. This is great. She's awesome. Love doing this podcast with Heather Monahan. Well, Heather, thank you for being a guest on the Wedgecast. Thanks for having me on. So, obviously, you have done uh, quite a bit in your life. From you're an author, you're a podcast host, you're a businesswoman. I think I saw that you're uh, a mom as well, too. So, I mean, how how do you have how do you have time in the day to accomplish all that? Oh my gosh, I don't. (laughs) <laughs> caffeine or caffeine or no caffeine i'm always curious oh a lot of caffeine <laughs> of course so tell me your story i'd love to hear the background yeah so i grew up um in worcester mass and um i came from very humble beginnings and so from you know the time i was probably nine years old i started with a paper route and then i worked in fast food restaurants and bartending and then i graduated college and i got into sales And at a very young age, I became an equity partner in a group of radio stations and took a $25 million property and turned it into a $55 million property in under three years. And then I left that opportunity and went into corporate America. And I 
became a chief revenue officer for a media company responsible for hundreds of millions of dollars. And after you know consecutive advancement over 14 years, the CEO that I reported to became ill and he stepped down and elevated his daughter and she terminated me immediately. And that was two years ago and I went out on my own and that's when I started working for myself. I wrote and self-published my first book, Confidence Creator. I started speaking all over the country. I got picked up by GDA speakers, Harry Walker speaker agency, Big Speak Speakers Bureau, and really leaned into the speaking business. And then I launched, I partnered with Podcast One. I launched my uh, new podcast called Creating Confidence with Heather Monahan. And from that, now I just uh, found out I landed my first TED Talk. That's going to be October 26th of this year. So I'm, I'm really excited and looking forward to that as well. Well, congratulations on that, among many other things, but specifically that. Congratulations. Thank you. So let's take it back to the uh, the fast food days and and uh, the paper route days. Were you would you describe yourself as a as a confident kid? No, no, not at all. I grew up. My mother was divorced. She had four kids. We really had zero contact with our biological father, and those days were really, really tough. Uh, really stressful. And I just, um, I definitely struggled. And I just, at a very young age, I felt scared and I wanted to chase money. I, I really was driven by not wanting to struggle the way that my mother struggled. And I, in my mind, I believed that that, you know, money would really fix um, whatever issues there were. And, um, and th that was the wrong idea for sure. But um, it definitely motivated me. That's for sure. Yeah, and also I would imagine just <laughs> humble beginnings and uh, working and probably some jobs that you're glad you don't have to ever again probably aspired some of that to get out of, get out of that world, I would imagine. Do you have a – is there is there a job that you held, you know, your serving days, the paper – is there a job that you, you, you sort of envy or you still wish you could do every, every once in a while? I mean, is there any, any kind of small job like that that you really like doing? Oh, yeah. I loved working in restaurants, bartending and waiting tables. It's so fun because you're surrounded with people who are similar age, similar interests to you. It's like hanging out with your friends and getting paid to do it. And, you know, it really was that's where I learned sales as well. And the one nice thing about being a waiter, being a bartender is you leave when you check out of work, it's done. You don't have to take the work home with you. And in some ways that um, that was really freeing. <laughs> I'm sure that probably changes a little bit now running your own companies and speaking and doing all these different things. But yeah, that's, I, that's, I can totally relate to that. That's awesome. So have you, so before this major transition with, uh, getting let go as a chief revenue officer, would you say that you hit your stride during those years or was it basically that sort of traumatic event that took you sort of reinventing yourself? to get to where you are now? No, I'm really proud of a lot of things that I accomplished back in those days, my early 20s when I took that property and, and turned it into a $55 million property You know, in three years. That was a huge accomplishment. I really was feeling so confident and proud of that job I did. Then I pitched myself for a job that didn't exist when I went into corporate America. I saw an opportunity that this organization was not being led on a sales end. And I just saw so much opportunity for the company. And I sold the president and the CEO the concept of creating a VP of sales. And um, it ended up being a fantastic run for me for 14 years and you know, constantly getting promoted. And I was really proud of the work that I did in that time. 
However, I wasn't really living to my potential and getting fired really was that push that catapulted me into this idea that I could work for myself. And, and what's happened is over the last two years, I've learned more as an entrepreneur than I did in 14 years working in corporate America. It's the fastest MBA uh, you'll probably ever get. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, yep. Going through that myself as we speak, it's it's one of those things where the life lessons that you learn in the midst of it and dealing with that stress come very, very quickly and not always easy, but you learn really fast. Definitely. So tell me about the name Boston Heels. Where did that come from? So that three years ago, this is back when I was in corporate America, I launched my personal brand, heathermonahan.com. I took all of my social media and made it public. And I started a hashtag, and the hashtag was Boss and Heels, which essentially, you know, when I was growing up, the boss was always the tall white guy in the navy blue pantsuit. And I had figured out a way through trial and error to become the boss, but I was the boss with heels on. And, and what I meant by that and what the hashtag really meant to me is that being a boss doesn't have to look one way and you don't have to wear a certain outfit or, you know, be a man or, you know, or behave a certain way. You just need to rock what's unique and special about you. And, you know, if that's wearing flip flops and ripped jeans to work, cause that's your thing. Well then go ahead and do it. But that's what boss and heels is really about. It's about being your authentic self and, and being the leader um, that, that you are, that makes you different and unique. It's funny you say that. So I, I, this is the second podcast I've recorded today, and the previous one was with um, a guy who owns a, a studio in Atlanta. And one of the things, he only wears like jeans and t-shirts. He doesn't wear suits. He doesn't do anything like that. And it's like the same idea is he can lead and run a company and just like you. You know, the whole Boston Heels concept is you can lead and run a company, you know, whatever that actually looks like. And it doesn't have to fit a certain mold. So I, I love that idea. I, I really enjoy the name too. I think it's awesome. <laughs> I do too. I did not, I did not come up with it. One of my good girlfriends did three years ago. So I have to give her props, but yeah, I really like it too. So what, what is the biggest influence you hope to have as you continue your speaking engagements, your books, you know, your company as well too? What's the influence that you personally hope to have? Oh my gosh, for me, you know, it, it's, first of all, it's so rewarding um, doing passion driven work. It, it's so completely different than doing, you know, work where I was driven by a paycheck. Not that I don't love money. I still love money, but I, what gets me out of bed every morning is knowing that I'm helping other people. And, you know, the DMs that I get and the messages that I get when people read my book or, you know, hear my show and hearing their personal victories of firing the villains in their life and standing up for themselves and creating authentic confidence is, it's such a powerful moving experience for me that, you know, just knowing that there are people that are reached by my message and the things that I've learned and that, you know, they're learning how to create their own confidence as a result is, is the most powerful thing to me. Yeah. I got to imagine that every single day you sleep well at night, knowing that you're having a pretty substantial impact on somebody. Well, I, yeah, that's true. I, I definitely get messaging all the time that I'm having impact on them. And this morning I took over, Jesse Itzler has a course called Build Your Life Resume. And, and he had me take over the live feed today. And I got so many amazing messages as soon as it ended. And, and that part is so rewarding. However, you know, I gave up that comfort of that well-lit corporate America linear path. And so, no, I don't, I don't stress out that I'm not doing purpose and passion driven work. No, that's, I'm living it, but it is stressful as you scale a business and take risks and try to diversify revenue, revenue streams. You know, 
I'm learning as I go. And that part is, um, it's definitely not easy. So let's talk about risk for a second, because I, I find that fascinating. So you uh, were let go and decided to go out and say, screw it, I'm going to go do it myself, start your own company, you're speaking, you're writing a book. So obviously, you're not, you're not afraid of risk. So what in your life today, now that you've done those things and done those things well, you might, you know, you might probably have goals of next steps, but what is what would you consider a risk in your world today? Because your risk tolerance obviously has changed. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm always growing and, and trying to get to that next level. So the next risk is, you know, I'm I'm doing the TED Talk. You know, it's like the next things that I have coming up. So I constantly want to be growing and challenging myself to get to that next level because now that I realize I grew more in two years than I did in fourteen. I don't ever want to make that mistake again. So it's all about, you know, pushing myself to take that next leap. You know, first it was writing the book and then publishing the book. And then it was, you know, speaking engagements. And then it was charging for speaking engagements. And then it was raising my fees on my speaking engagements. And then it was launching the podcast. And then, you know, so every month I'm trying to get to that next level and push myself to that next thing. So the more you live like that, it doesn't become so much about risk. It just comes about, you know, where are you going to put your focus? What is the vision that you have? What are you creating next? And how does that play out? And I, I try not to focus too much on the outcome anymore. I try to focus on that next leap and, and really um, that that excites me. And, and that's um, that's where I keep my focus. Yeah, I love it. Uh, are you okay if I ask a challenging question? Sure. So as you've started to gain some fame and traction and you know, kind messages all the time are sent to you. How have you be, been able to separate that, like not having that be a false sense of confidence, but keep your own personal rooted confidence? Well, I really, you know, when I got fired, I went to an all time low and it forced me to look back at my life and learn from all the mistakes that I had made. My book is a compilation of my lowest moments and how I learned from them to create confidence. And so I really, you know, I'm, I practice what I preach. I mean, I live it every day. So I know the steps that I need to take. I know that I need to wake up in the morning and think about what I'm grateful for. I need to talk about that with my son. I know that, you know, if I have a speaking engagement coming up, I need to create the vision of me going on other stages and, and succeeding and, and translate that to the vision of this event coming. You know, I've learned these steps. I know that if I have negative people around me, I need to fire them from my life. And I know that I need to surround myself with people that are ahead of me so I can continuously stretch myself to grow. You know, all these different things that I do, they've become a practice in my life. And, you know, when you're constantly teaching how to create confidence and constantly having conversations about how to grow and be your most confident self, you know, and you're practicing it every day, it becomes, it becomes a way of life for you so that you don't get caught up in those things that, you know, previously in my life used to take me the wrong direction. Who would you say is, has had the biggest impact on your life, both good and bad? Um, good is my son, no doubt. Um, but, you know, I guess in some ways, I don't want to say bad, but, you know, becoming a mother, I, I really felt like I had nailed work for a long time. My son's 12 years old now, so I've been a mother for a while. But 
when I started as a mother, I was petrified. It's like a new job and you don't have any experience and you don't know yeah. what you're doing. You're working you overtime know? as a mother. I'll say that. That's not just a 40 hour a week job. It's way more than that. Right. And, you know, to add to it, I got divorced when my son was one years old. So, you know, there, there was a lot of complexity, a lot of challenges around, am I a good mother? Am I doing a good job? And that was really scary to me because like I said, I, I felt like I was nailing it at work and I was, I didn't, you know, my marriage had fallen apart and I just, I was very confused. And, and there, there were times that when my son was very young, it, it was really difficult because I traveled for work and I was having to rely on other people. And, you know, it was very chaotic. And those are the things that you're never going to know till your child's done what type of job you did as a parent, right? I mean, you think you're doing things right, or, you know, you recognize that you've made mistakes. But, you know, it's just in hopes that you're teaching them the fundamentals so that they can live a life to their potential and, you know, do good in the world. And you're not going to know until many years later. So I guess, you know, without a doubt, hands down, my son has impacted me more than any other human being on this planet. Absolutely love that. And as as a son to my mother, I hope she probably says the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> so if you, as, as an author, if you were to find somebody in in the wild in in public reading your book where would you want where would you want to find that what would make your heart what would warm your heart in barnes and noble because when you self-publish it is very challenging to get your books into bookstores i've done it with you know a few different times a few different stores however to you know get it done globally is very very challenging the system isn't set up that way that's I, I always picture whether it's like a park or whether it's like an airplane or something like that, but right up in the bookstore. That's it. <laughs> yeah, <simple> absolutely. <laughs> that's great. So, uh, what what's what's the next big thing for you? So I'm you know I'm continuing to expand my speaking business. Like I said, I'm focused on my TED Talk. I just finished writing my second book, and now I'm working on getting a publishing deal. And I have not done that before, so I'm going through the process of writing a book proposal. I'm working with an agent. You know, these are all new experiences for me that um, I'm trying to you know figure out what is that right path and and how do I continue to evolve this business. That's fantastic. I mean, is there anything I can do to help? <laughs> just keep spreading the message of confidence creator that that always helps thank you I, I love that of course so uh the very well i got i got two more questions number one so i i hope this is not too personal of a question but is there something you say to yourself in the mirror every single day i mean there's lots of things it depends what's going on you know so there are times where things are going amazing and I'm really focusing on what I'm grateful for and, you know, feeling that joy and celebrating those wins. And then there's times where things aren't going well, you know, I mean, being an entrepreneur is a roller coaster ride, especially when you're only two years in, you know, I'm, I'm learning so much. So it depends what's happening in my life and, you know, with my son and, you know, these days right now, it's been, it's been chaotic for me as my son just went back to school last week and, the end of summer was very challenging with schedules and whatnot. So when things get challenging, I try to get really centered and I spend more time meditating or more time telling myself I'm doing a fantastic job and keep up the good work and I'm proud of you. You know, it really depends what's happening, but um, I definitely have different self-talk depending on what's happening, you know, on any given day. That's phenomenal. That's absolutely phenomenal. So I guess, I mean, uh, you, you, you've touched on, the highs, the lows, you've touched on the inspiration. I mean, is there anything else you want to leave the audience with? 
Well, just that, you know, I really didn't know when I was younger that anyone can create confidence, but it's a fact. And I've seen it happen for thousands of people. I've seen it happen for myself. So just make the decision that you want to become more confident, that you are going to become more confident and take the steps to make it happen. You know, my podcast is free, Creating Confidence with Heather Monahan. Uh, you can buy my book, Confidence Creator, on Amazon. And my TED Talk will be out in October. And I can't wait to hear the feedback and, and hopefully the impact that we'll have on your audience. Love that. Absolutely phenomenal. Well, Heather, thanks again for being a guest on the podcast. Thanks for having me.